All right, all right, all right. Welcome back. It's Fit Nation. All right, so welcome to the Misfit Nation podcast. Ms. Stephanie Olson, she's a speaker, author, and the chief executive officer of the Set Me Free Project, a prevention education organization on human trafficking, social media safety, and uh, healthy relationships. Welcome to the show, Stephanie. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I'm glad we're able to connect and uh, get you on here to get your your story out there and your mission, really. It is really a vital mission to the whole world, not just the United States. It's everywhere. Yeah, this is a yeah. big problem across the world. And uh, we'd like to get to know you a little better. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your story, how you got into this, how far back it started? Well, I was born. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's where it starts. No, I... Um, <laughs> I had worked um, in the area of um, domestic violence and addiction for women. I am personally a survivor of domestic and sexual violence, and um, I'm a recovering alcoholic. And so that's really where my heart was um, to focus with with women's ministry and, and things like that. But I also spoke to youth in schools on healthy relationships and uh after years of doing this for a while, one of my coworkers said, Hey, we should help traffic victims, having no idea what that meant. And really, that's how we began. I talked to a couple of educators in schools and realized, okay, wait a minute, this is not at all what I thought it looked like. I had this image of the movie taken, you know, getting kidnapped and <laughs> shipped somewhere else. And what I realized was, that it not only did it not look like that, but you know, I'm a mom of three kids. And at the time my kids were right in the thick of, you know, preteen and 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 I thought, okay, wait, so my kids are actually the targets of traffickers. And no one has told them, no one's told me. And so that's really how we began. And that's definitely right. The youth are who they go after most times. Yeah. Uh, just a two thousand 15, I retired from the army and there was a person living across the street from us. Thank you. They were renting the house across the street from me here. And I kept seeing young girls go into the house Mm. and it was, and then me and my wife would go running, say four o'clock in the morning, get our miles in before it got blazing hot here. And there'd be girls coming back from cars. So we contacted the police and asked them to look into it. And then finally the state bureau of investigation came in and shut them down through multiple wow. multiple different ways. They got them there and then at their hotels where they were basically brokering them. Yeah. And there were girls from, this is in Tennessee, so there were girls from Texas, New Mexico, Arkansas, mm-hmm. all along that pipeline up to here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and and it is so, you know, it's so in our backyard. And that's the, that's the key. And a lot of times people really equate kidnapping with human trafficking. And so just to quickly define it, it's the buying and selling of a human being for the personal profit or of another through force, fraud, or coercion, those three means. And we often think of that force piece. We think of kidnapping or, you know, it's somebody's in chains. The reality is that force is not what traffickers typically use. The majority of trafficked individuals both girls and boys and men and women know their trafficker before they're ever trafficked. And uh, most of them don't even recognize that they're being trafficked. They don't self-identify as a victim. And so 
we are seeing traffickers not kidnapping people, but building relationships on social media. That's the number one place that traffickers are luring the individuals they traffic. Especially nowadays, yeah, it's it's yeah. ease of motion now, and they they put Absolutely. something they like on there and they connect. Next thing they know. It's a Death Valley days, basically, for them doing whatever they want. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so which we, service do you think is the, the one where they target the most, like Facebook, so, uh, TikTok, Twitter? You know, I think they use all of them. Um, what I would say is when we look at the statistics, it's social media as a whole and online gaming. So those two things. We see a lot of stuff happening with Snapchat, stuff with Instagram. So even TikTok, you know, but even the the, the social media um, platforms that feel safe, like Facebook and Instagram, those are used um, as well. So it is really all of them and um, online gaming too. Yeah, I forgot about the, the Twitch streams and stuff like that. That's a pretty yeah, easy one to there. Yeah, you bet, you bet. You like Call of Duty. I like Call of Duty. Let's do this. And next thing you know, you're gone. Well, exactly. And what's, what happens is, and I think this is the catch for, for parents to really recognize is, so for an example, there was a young girl, high school student. She would go to school every day. She was getting straight A's. She was um, going to her afternoon job after school. She was coming home, doing her homework. And she was being sold or pimped out by her boyfriend, quote unquote, every night, living at home, mom and dad, none the wiser. And so when we see these kids, and it's really the grooming process, it's somebody coming in and and targeting, building trust, filling a need, and then isolating, sexualizing as a product and maintaining control. And the person who goes into that grooming process is never the same person that comes out. And so we see uh, youth who are being trafficked, who are even still going through that grooming process, who are living at home. If they move, um, you know, have movement, um, they're, they're doing it. Um, it, it. It could almost look like they're, they're runaways or children missing from care, as we like to say. So it, it really, a lot of times they're living right under mom and dad's roof. Mom and dad are none the wiser. And we're seeing a huge increase of familial trafficking. So moms and dads are the traffickers. Grandma and grandpas are the traffickers. Uh, that's just it horrible. It is. It's an <laughs> evil, twisted industry. Not that any of it's good, but that's even worse. So, when it's, when it's yeah. people doing it, that's worse. Yeah, absolutely. And so when you look at individuals who are trafficked, the majority of time, they trust their trafficker. They love their trafficker. This is somebody that's providing everything they need. And we talked to a survivor who said, or a quote from a survivor who said, if you want to help an individual who's being trafficked, you better be prepared to give them everything their traffickers giving them and more. Wow. You gotta go above and beyond yeah, to, to make yeah. them leave that grasp the web of a uh, deceit that they were already in. Yeah. And it's hard to, to get them to see that this is not somebody who loves you and trusts you. And so it, it definitely takes time. Less than 2% of trafficked individuals are recovered or rescued. Less than 2%. Wow. Yeah, that's a, it's a shocking number. And so that's why the Set Me Free Project, we want to stop trafficking before it starts because that, that 
recovery, restoration, the mental illness, all the things are just so overwhelming. And the trauma, the layers upon layers of trauma, it's a lifetime of recovery. When did you found the Set Me Free project? A little over seven years ago. And so um, we started actually in one school. We, We have a curriculum from third grade through college age for youth. And then we talked to adults of every facet. And when we started, we thought, oh, you know, we'll speak to a couple schools. We grew um, to over 400 schools in about five years between um, throughout the Midwest, and we are still growing. So schools see the need um, because they know that the kids are definitely, uh, this is occurring in the schools as well. Yeah, definitely. And I just, if you look on any uh, uh, social media right now, You'll see all these posts, uh, child missing, uh, my child's missing. And it, I don't remember, I mean, back with the milk cartons with kids on milk cartons, yeah, it was a little different because yeah. it was like you get that milk carton, it's one kid. But now on Facebook, you'll see like 13 a day that are just yeah. missing, gone. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's insane, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's overwhelming. And a lot of times when you look at that, and sometimes those kiddos will come back. Uh, what we see a lot with trafficking is we'll see them. And again, people are like, oh, they're just runaways, which is just a horrible mindset. But what will happen is they'll have, you know, they'll meet somebody and then they'll go off with them. Then maybe they're gone for three weeks and they come back and then they're gone for a while and they come back. And that is often the cycle of what trafficking can look like. And the ups and downs of the, of their life. You know, well, your parents aren't treating like I do, so you want to come back with me. Oh yeah, meet exactly. me on the corner. I'll pick you up. And exactly. Yeah. And the downward spiral starts again. And you bet. Do you think uh, in the Midwest where you started? I, I'm sure there's a lot of a uh, lot more that happens out there because it's wide open in the Midwest. A lot of wide open spaces to for thing people to be taken or, or lured into things or manipulated into things. And I know in the cities it happens as well, but I think the Midwest, I, I lived out in Kansas for a while, as wide open as it is out there, it has to be a lot harder to track down a, a youth or anyone that gets taken into the situations. Yeah. You know, also what I would say is, so I'm from um, Omaha, Nebraska. That's where I live. And Nebraska is a hot spot for trafficking. It's huge. And um, I think one of the reasons is, you know, we're Nebraska nice. We're the good life. It cannot possibly happen here. And I think that's the mentality sometimes of the Midwest. You know, we don't have to worry about it happening here when in fact, not only is it happening, it's happening more than some areas that you might think it's happening. And so it's this, it's traffickers count on us being, you know, oh, we're, great people, which, you know, we are, but traffickers <laughs> count on the fact that we are going to assume that it's not going to happen here. Or are you going to think it's just a nice person coming to town and they yep. need help and they lure you in and then that's they got right. you. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's crazy. Have you seen a success rate with your education program getting children? Yeah. Maybe just say no, like the drug, just say no drugs, just say no to trafficking or manipulation. Yeah. We actually, so that's a great um, question that you ask, because one of the things that we've learned really quickly um, is kids don't really respond a whole lot to 
don't do this, you know? So like, don't get on social media, don't. And, and the reality is social media is great and it's, um, it can be great and it can be horrifying all at the same time, but it's not going away. So our goal is to really help kids safely navigate that and do some real critical thinking. And so we come in with a, now in third grade through sixth grade, we're not talking about human trafficking. We're talking about social media safety and consent and all of those, you know, empathy and stuff like that. But when we go into a classroom, um, we bring a lot of, a lot of activities and a lot of humor, despite the topic, people think, you know, oh my gosh, you can't say, and we always say we take the topic very seriously but we don't take ourselves very seriously. And so we love to be a consistent presence. We love to go in every um, quarter, every semester, every depending on the school. And we have a blast with the kids. They have fun. But the goal is to get them. So we do human trafficking, um, social media safety, and healthy relationships. And the goal is to really get them to think about, okay, so I can post all of this information on my Instagram bio. And even though Instagram might be totally private, the bio itself is public. What do you, what are your thoughts about that? Or who are you having you on media? Does anybody, what do you think? And so it's really that critical thinking piece. And what we do is we really look at the data of, okay, are we seeing a change in behavior with these kids? And that's what we, what we go by. Okay. But the, the foundation, I just want to share this story because this is an example. The foundation of everything we teach is you have intrinsic value, that there is no one that can say or do anything to change your value, to change your worth, your human dignity. And that's the basis of everything we teach. And we had a little boy, eighth grade, who after one of our presentations approached our educator and said, I have never had anyone tell me I have that value. I have never heard that. And so as he started talking, um, he wound up disclosing that he was an extremely sexually abusive um, situation at home. Um, he was being abused by a family member and it was a very scary, scary life for him. And of course we had to report it. And normally when we do, we never hear anything afterwards. It's confidential, but this little boy contacted us. Now he's in eighth grade. I keep calling him little boy. That's because I'm old, but um, <laughs> he called us or he emailed us and said, Hey, I just want you to know I was taken from my family. I was put in a foster home but for the first time in my life I feel safe and I just want oh. to thank you because it's because of you and then he emailed us a month later and said hey it's my birthday and I just wanted to tell you that I'm having a birthday because of you wow. and that's why we do what we do that's that's exactly why we do so, so after you stopped crying after he told you this stuff yeah no hugging kidding. each other <laughs> you got yourself nope. together and oh, gave, yeah. you put a high five up so we, we helped we know we helped one that's we know right. we helped him definitely that's that's exactly right he um and he's kind of bet you know he's close to our heart even though we really we don't know um much more about him but we 
we know that we made a difference and that's that's huge that's, that's outstanding uh, the end of september beginning of october i went to my wife's school she's an eighth grade teacher as well oh. and uh, went there to speak to seventh graders in a leadership class mm-hmm. a couple guys from my job went there we showed them some of the things we work with robots and stuff but we also told them about how we came up why we joined the army and what our career goals were and why all things that transpired there was a young girl in the front row and she was kind of shy looking, but then she raised her hand and said, I want to become a doctor. Is that hard? I said, you can, you be the doctor. You'd be the best doctor you can be. Don't let anyone tell you you can't do it. And she just came up and hugged me. So thank you. No one ever told me I can do things. Oh, wow. Yeah. I said, you're in a leadership class. <laughs> I, you know, and I think sometimes what we as adults have to remember, and, and I always talk to adults about being that safe adult that kids can come to uh, about anything that it's not that we have to take a kiddo from here to here to get them to that place that we want them to see. Um, I have our director of operations and programming who is an amazing woman who grew up in the foster care system. And she said, it's those little nudges. It, It wasn't one person who made a change in my life. It was those little nudges throughout my life that I remember that got me to where I am today. And we are those little nudges. If you give a little positive light to them, they'll have positivity and take that step forward. And if you keep bashing them and selling them, they're not going to be anything. They won't be anything. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. So we have a lot of opportunity there and it's, that's good for all of us, but um, kids are going through it right now. And with social media and um, the increase in anxiety and depression and all of that stuff, I think that it's, it's going to take more of all of us to give those, those nudges because our kids are um, definitely, they have a lot more challenges. In the last two years, our disclosures have increased tremendously. I think I was going to say the last two years is probably even harder because they were not having any social interaction. Exactly. Their interaction was like me and you right now on a computer. And that's right. That's what they thought was real. And they lost that social growth that they were having in school. So two years, they basically learned how to live in the house and play on computers and do social media and trust everyone on the other side is the person they think it is. Exactly. Exactly. And we, we saw trafficking increase because of that. I mean, our kids were on social media. We were on social media more gaming and um, yeah, trafficking absolutely increased. I mean, I started a podcast during the pandemic. So I mean, <laughs> a lot of good things came out of that, right? Yeah, a lot at least of one good, good thing came, came out, out of the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> that I uh, started a doctorate. Everything starts out, starts out well during the pandemic. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing my best to keep busy and uh, not have any free time. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Same as you. You, I mean, you're you're doing you're doing great work with the semi free project. Yeah. I think that's an awesome thing. You said Midwest. Do you do like virtual conferences with other schools outside the Midwest. You know, here's what we do. We love being in person with schools, and we know we can't be everywhere. So what we do is we work with other agencies. So if there's someone listening who's like, I gotta bring this to my school, then we have um, the means to help you do that. We offer our curriculum um, and we teach other agencies how to do what we do the way we do it and support them through the year. Um, We're working to build franchises across the country because it is so needed 
But with adults, we do a lot of um, webinars and um, meetings online. And so we love to be virtual. We, we learned that adults, parents were our least um, attended presentation of all of them. And so like having 20 at a parent's meeting was a good number. And then webinars really began. And so our numbers for parents grew from 20 to 100. I mean, oh, wow. so parents are busy. We're, we're busy people. And so it's okay to sit in your jams and watch a presentation and, and be able to ask questions anonymously and learn that way. So we are available for that as well. And that's probably the big thing. It helps a lot. A lot of people don't want to ask questions in person. Yeah. They don't want to, right. they think that it's the bad question or they're going to make the meeting go longer. So they might send you a message in that's the chat right. or something. Yeah. So that yeah. Oh, yeah, you can answer that exactly. without being targeted as, oh, you're the one that made us stay an extra 10 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know parents so well. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's just like the soldiers I teach every day. They don't want to ask questions until they're walking out the door. That's you know, the right. whole class. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Except for kids. Kids love to ask questions. Kids will tell it all in a classroom. But yeah, adults are different. <laughs> a lot of the questions may have nothing to do with what you're getting from kids yeah. when you're telling them with kids, but there's usually some good things in there. Some are funny, but That's some right. are really throw you off. You're like, what? Okay. <laughs> well, and I think with kids, what's so startling sometimes is they will ask questions or will talk about things that they don't even realize are not okay. You know, I had a little girl who said, yeah, so I have a question. My mom, when she gets mad at me, she, you know, she hits me in the face and she, she kind of beats me up. She was young and she had no idea that what she was saying was abuse. So I I think sometimes they'll talk because that's their normal. Right. And that's how they feel. Yeah. That's that's what goes on in their life. That's what's supposed to happen in front of you too. So it's acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever we give speeches to kids, it's usually the boys who ask the questions. Since when we tell them we went to war, their yeah. first question is, "Did you kill somebody?" It's usually the boys. So yeah. I, I went and taught talked to a class, and it was a young girl, basketball player. She asked it. She threw me off. I never had a girl ask the question. I said, "I'm wow. proud of you." I said, "I'm proud of you." The first girl ever did this for me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Brave girl. Yes. But they watch so many so many movies now where they see the the violence, they see the depiction of what we do in combat. And so they know it, they know what happens. They're not, they're not dumb yeah. kids and they're yeah. pretty smart. Yeah. And you just got to deal with it the, the best way you can when they throw that minefield at you. That's right. That's right. So true. And so, I mean, you had, you lived through, uh, you said parent abandonment and uh, eating disorders, alcoholism, domestic and sexual violence. Mm-hmm. And then you had three kids. That's another mental recourse there for you. <laughs> Yeah, that one's brutal, actually. <laughs> That's an uphill climb the whole time. That's so. right. <laughs> but you I mean, yeah. you've battled a lot in your life to, yeah. and then to give back now to try to help others. Was that your motivation so that it doesn't happen to them or your life lessons is able to help them? Yeah, you know, I think that for me, um, it was a little bit of both. I, mm-hmm. I, um, I really don't want, especially the the value piece. When I wrote this curriculum for the kids, I did not know that I had intrinsic value or worth. I, and part of what I went through in life was because I didn't recognize that I had worth. And so 
that's why that became the foundation because everybody needs to get that piece. All of those other things are symptoms of not recognizing that intrinsic value. And so, yeah, I mean, I think that ultimately I was led here um, because I can, you know, I'm, I'm able to help some other people. Um, I'm not sure I would have chosen this <laughs> if I, <laughs> but it's been very fulfilling and I'm glad that I, that I answered the call, so to speak. That's what I say. You didn't, you might not have chosen, but it was chosen for you for a yeah. reason and you were the right person for the job. Yeah. It's been amazing to see what has happened through it. So, yeah. And when you have Pat, you, you can tell you have passion for it, which is, that's great. And especially, I mean, you can deal with the third grader and the 12th grader as two different dynamics and you have to uh, turn, you have to yeah. pivot your curriculum. I know to do both of them. And, Absolutely. And they're all, they're great in their own ways. And as you're what, I mean, I love those eighth graders. There's something about eighth graders that's very special. And I know other people would say other, but I mean, it's just that they, they are all, they all need the same thing. You know, all those kids from third grade through, through seniors through college age. And, um, and I always tell our educators who go in the schools, you have 30 seconds. You have 30 seconds to capture their attention and you have 30 seconds for them to recognize whether you're authentic or not. If they don't see that you're done. And so be yourself, have fun, but care about them. And I think that is the ultimate thing. I think if you get up there and you smile and talk to them, they'll actually look at you instead of if you're up there just being that evil look on your oh, face, yeah. the scowl, yeah. looking at them, they're just going, okay, that's great. Look, all right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I want nothing well, to do with this. And we have a conversation. I think there's nothing worse than somebody <laughs> standing up in you know front of a PowerPoint, just this, this, this. It's it's about them, and they guide the conversation and they direct it. Because if it's not about them, why are you there? You know. So yeah. Yeah. So student led. That's the best way to do it. Get them involved, and then you can right. just kind of be the steer it the right way. If they that's start right. going way off course, get that paddle going back in. All right, come back to the left a little yep. bit. Good. That's right. Yeah, last school I went to, I had a bunch of kids say they wanted to come home with me. I'm not sure yeah. if that's the objective, but <laughs> no, 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 you stay here. <laughs> Definitely don't want that. <laughs> but it just shows that you can have fun with them. You can um, make a difference. And, and I think they, they grab a hold of that. You didn't bring snacks with you and lure them, right? It was just... I did not. No, I told somebody, I told some kid, you should have brought Starbucks for all of us. Yeah, no, I brought nothing. <laughs> and they still wanted to come on. Wow. Yeah. Right. Ah, a little creepy, but yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> Strange. <laughs> they were older. They were like seniors. So I'm not sure that makes it better or not, but. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> We had fun. We had good time. <laughs> they actually, they bought into the curriculum and they bought into you as a person. So that's what that's it's all it. about. Yeah, that's exactly it. And I, you know, I have some educators who are a lot younger and kind of closer to their age and they relate to them in a totally different way. I like to be, you know, I'm like your aunt, your fun aunt that has gum all the time. That's who I am. So, um, but regardless of who goes into that classroom 
it's somebody who's going to bring um, fun and somebody who's going to really make it about them. Outstanding. And how did the schools get in contact with you to get this going? Or is it an ongoing thing where you have it rescheduled throughout the year? Well, we like to have schools rescheduled throughout the year. That is ideal. We se- I sent out one mass email when we started seven years ago. We have never pursued a school since. Never. <laughs> we have schools coming to us. Um, we, for the first time ever, have schools on wait lists. And so um, it's, it, it's definitely something schools see the need for and, um, and we get to continue to go back. So, and that's why I say, if there's people who want to do this and want to do it well, that's what we can help them do because um, there's a lot of people, you know, I heard a woman say the other day, you know, when I go in and I talk to kids about social media and tell them to stay off screens and not to use screen time and they shouldn't do that, you know, most of them are just looking around bored, but I know there's always one student who hears me. And I thought, I'd be bored at that too. You shouldn't be telling kids to stay off social media and that not to do this. I mean, you really want to get them thinking through what is, what is safe? What is not safe? How can I be safer? I'm not going to get off social media. So if you're telling me to not be on it, I'm tuning you out right now. And yeah. so what is it that we can do to really engage them to, to not only think about it, but we really do want to see a change of behavior. We don't tell them that, but that's our goal. We want them to navigate social media differently. We want them to know the myths and the facts about human trafficking, and we want them to be in healthy and safe relationships. Definitely. And that, that goes back to what you said earlier. You can't tell a juvenile not to do something, right. they're just going to do it. Don't jump yep. off the bridge. They're going to jump yep. off the bridge. Yep, exactly. Don't exactly. go on social media. Don't try to find the dark web. They're going to try to yeah. find the dark web. Oh my gosh. People <laughs> ask me that all the time. Do you talk about the dark web? And I'm like, I do not because the minute I say, and the dark web, that that's exactly what they're going to do. They're going to go find it. So <laughs> we she keep said it on dark the... web. We have to go find it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. We keep it on the regular web. <laughs> <laughs> just the just a good web <laughs> right <laughs> yeah all right so stephanie if uh outside like someone one of the listeners wants to get with you maybe to start a little group from you to learn from you so they can start in their area how do they get in contact with you so you can um reach us on our website at setmefreeproject.net um you can reach me directly at stephanie s-t-e T-H-A-N-I-E at setmefreeproject.net. But we're also on all of the socials. We're on Facebook and Instagram and um, all the things that Set Me Free Project. So do not hesitate to reach out. We love to answer questions. We love to um, partner with other organizations and, and schools and whomever. So yeah, we've got a lot of great youth following us on Instagram. So um, we kind of separate our social media a little bit. We've got Instagram and TikTok for the youngers and then Facebook for all the old people like me. So <laughs> LinkedIn for the business minds. That's right. Yes, that too. Exactly. For professional seekers. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's perfect right there. Right. You're probably hitting, you're hitting the, def- the right uh, algorithm, I guess, doing that yeah. way as yeah. well. Yeah, that's right. 
Yeah. As long as you're not dancing on TikTok doing it, I'm sure it's fine. Can't make any promises. Okay. <laughs> well, I will Stephanie, neither confirm nor deny. So. <laughs> Stephanie, this has been great chatting with you. Thanks for sharing what you do and your story. It's amazing. Uh, I applaud you for what you're doing out there in the Midwest, and I hope others reach out to you to get this going nationwide. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. No problem. You know how we do this. Thanks for taking some of your time to spend with us on Fit Nation. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and share the link as much as possible. If you want to, please become a supporter to help us carry this thing on. We appreciate you. If you know someone that brings that energy, has a great story, is an up-and-comer in the industry of music, in the arts, have them reach out to us on TheMisfitNation.com. We will get back to them within one day and get them on here so they can share their story with the world. As always, till next time, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling. Because we are... Fit, 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 fit Nation.